This is our first ever time together. And so my purpose is to reel you in and spark your interest for studying through the wonderful book, the first book of the Bible, Genesis. Hey, welcome to Love God First, our very first podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you. This is Katrin Hagman. And I wanted to start off our time together, our very first time together, with uh, just a couple of introductions. The first introduction is kind of to the podcast and to me, and the second part will be an introduction to Genesis, highly worth sticking around for and listening to, I think. So I want to start off with myself. So I'm Katrin, and I've been a Christian since 1989. Sometime I'll tell you my testimony, not today, but at some point. I have a fantastic husband of coming up on 30 years, three kids. I've been a teacher for most of my life and then homeschooled my children. And about maybe 10 years ago, the Lord called me to teach his word. And it's just been such a pleasure and joy to do that in a variety of ways, conferences, retreats, different venues, churches and things. But at this time in my life, the Lord has made it pretty clear that it's podcast is the way to go right now for a teaching. And I'm just so excited for what he's going to do in my own life and yours as we travel through books of the Bible together. And so that leads me to talk about this podcast, Love God First. Why is this worth your time? What's different about this podcast? Well, first, we're going to journey together through entire books of the Bible And we're just going to study through the verses. So that means we're not skipping over any tough passages. We're not going to sort of skip over the hard parts where you say, wow, what does that really mean? No, we're going to just dive into it and trust the Lord to give us insight and to be able to apply it to our lives. Now, second, I'm always going to be using a a certain model for us in order to pull out all the meaning and application we can get from the Bible. And that is this. What does it say? What does it mean? And what does it mean to me? And that way we're going to keep the context accurate. And at the same time, we're going to pull out those timeless truths, the eternal truths that the Lord puts in the Bible that are true for all people for all time. And we're going to apply what we've learned to our lives. Okay. Third, every few episodes, I'm going to have a guest come on to talk with me about whatever topic we're currently studying in Genesis in this case, since we're starting with Genesis. So that way we can go a little deeper and wider, maybe even just talk about certain subjects in the Bible. And I think it's going to be just really fun. And fourth, at the end of most podcasts, I'm going to pray. Not just, oh, this is a nice ending prayer. Wasn't that great? But a prayer that allows us to respond to the Lord with what we've just heard. So I'm going into this with the confident expectation that the Holy Spirit's going to be with us and that he's going to be working in our hearts while we're learning and prompting within us when we need to deal with something in our lives and bring it to him. And so this is the way we grow. We just constantly, we're washing ourselves, cleansing just with the word of God. We're understanding it, we're applying it, and then we're allowing Jesus to just show us right in the moment where it is we need to repent or commit afresh or deal with something. And that's, that's what transforms us over time is that just continuing to do that. And, and at Love God First, you know, that's, that's our focus is we're wanna, we want to be grounded in the word of God and be filled with his spirit. Those two things, grounded in the word and being filled with his spirit to live out our lives for his purposes, his great purposes, which are so much higher and better than ours. 
So we're not just gaining knowledge, we're experiencing the grace and love of God, and, and we're encouraging others to do so as well, hopefully. So that's kind of the plan going forward. I hope that sounds good. Genesis. Now we're starting off with studying the book of Genesis. Why the very first book of the Bible? Why Genesis? Well, several reasons. And we're going to go over now kind of an introduction to that book. If you've, if you've ever read through Genesis, you may say to yourself, well, that was odd or, huh? You know, <laughs> this, this times when I read it and I go, huh, that's interesting. And so I, what I want to do is set up a little bit of kind of why we're studying it, what's so special about it, why is it unique, and then hopefully by the end you're going to be really excited about this book, which I am. I'm super excited about Genesis. I love the stories. We were made for stories, weren't we? Don't you just perk up when someone tells you a story or you hear a really good story? Well, Genesis is filled with those. So, okay, so why why study Genesis? Well, Genesis is unique because it's an introduction to the whole Bible, of course, the word Genesis means the source, means creation or the beginning of something. It's a book of firsts, a book of firsts. And it's made up of two parts. The first 11 chapters begin the human history, Adam to Abraham, and it really focuses on events rather than persons. And then the second part, chapters 12 to 50, that deals more with the origin of the Hebrew people, the patriarchs, the covenant, and it centers on persons rather than events. So it kind of switches focus a little bit. Now, the author is Moses, although there's some controversy about that. You know, some people say, well, Israel wasn't literate back then. There was no writing back then. So how can Moses have been writing those five books of the Bible? Well, how do we know that? Well, there's lots of New Testament verses that say that Moses actually did write Genesis and the entire law, which is the the five first five books of the Bible called the Pentateuch. Here's one example of that, Mark 12 26, Jesus was talking. He says, but regarding the fact that the dead rises again, have you not read in the book of Moses? And then he goes on. He's talking about, about resurrection and, and, and things with the Pharisees. But in that, did you hear that last part? Have you not read in the book of Moses? So Jesus is saying Moses is the author of the first five books of the Bible right there. There's another place in John 7, 19 to 23, where Jesus talks about it again, if you want to look at that later. And there's another really interesting uh, archaeology confirmation about this, too. And it was a curse tablet that's been found recently on Mount Ebal in Israel. And a guy named Dr. St Scott Stripling, he's an archaeologist who does a lot of digs in Israel, was talking about it. And he said this is a really important tablet to find because it contains within it the inscription of the oldest earliest extant divine name of God, which is Yahweh. And extant just means it's still in existence. Like it's it's not lost or destroyed. It's it's still around. So the extant divine name of God, meaning Yahweh, people still say Yahweh, that's still in existence. And this cursed tablet was dated hundreds of years earlier than any other extant writing. So here's the significance of that. The cursed tablet is not a biblical text, but it's an early copy of the Hebrew proto-alphabet. It's like the beginning alphabet that matches up with the Israelites being in that land at that time and being literate. It shows Moses and the Israelites could have been writing things. And it shows that people were literate and they knew how to write back then. Isn't that cool? And by the way, just a little side note here. Our belief system as Christians is based on historical facts. 
The Christian faith is a historically based religion. History bears out the accounts in the Bible. So archaeology is the friend of the Judeo-Christian faith. It's just something to note when you're talking to people about the Bible. Did you know that there are over, I think it's even higher than this, but at least 22,000 different archaeological finds that confirm the veracity of the Bible? I think it's even more than that now. But it's just kind of an interesting, interesting thing to note. So all that to say, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Now, what Moses did was fit together all the written and oral accounts that we now find in Genesis. He's He was like an editor. You can see that because like in Genesis 11 different times, he uses, this is the account of. So another stumbling block for people with Genesis is whether Genesis is historically reliable as part of God's inspired word, which I kind of just talked a little bit for a moment about that. But let me just say a little bit more, and that is the answer is, is it, is it historically reliable? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And how do we know that? Well, Jesus himself confirmed it in the New Testament numerous times, numerous times. He mentions from Genesis creation, marriage, the flood, Noah's Ark, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, all of which are in Genesis. And the apostles confirm it too. There's all kinds of scripture references. I'll just list out a few you can check later. Romans 4 is one that Paul uses. 1 Corinthians 15, 21 to 22. Galatians 3, 8. 1 Timothy 2, 13 and 14. Hebrews 11. I mean, Hebrews, Hebrews 11. That has so many references to the people that were in Genesis. Loads of them. 2 Peter 3, 4 to 6. So look up one of those later and see for yourself how the New Testament authors and Jesus himself references Genesis. So that's that's a way to just have peace in your heart that, yeah, you can trust Genesis. It's, it's a good, a solidly good book, the first book in the Bible. Okay, what's the purpose of Genesis? It provides a prophetic history of God's plan to bring people back into a relationship with himself. That's kind of the the whole purpose of it, which I would argue is probably the purpose of the entire Bible is what I just said. But yes, for Genesis, definitely. Now, this is important. Genesis is not a scientific textbook, obviously, although some scientists who have studied Genesis say it does line up with scientific knowledge we have. That's kind of cool. But it's not a comprehensive history. And it, you know, it isn't even a complete biography of the people it introduces. There's a lot left out. Here's what it it does. It describes such persons and events, now listen, as is necessary to explain the history of the kingdom of God. That's its purpose. And if we know that going in, it's way easier to get our heads around it. Now, why is Genesis so unique? It preserves the only trustworthy record about the beginnings of the universe, humankind, marriage, sin, cities, languages, nations, Israel, and, of course, God's plan to restore his relationship with his people. All of that in Genesis. Wow, huh? I mean, that's, it's filled. It's filled with good, with good things. And Genesis asserts certain things. It asserts that there's only one God. Now, pagan societies back then all around the Israel area, you know, Canaan and beyond, they were all saying that there were loads of gods. You know, there's the God of the sun, there's the God of the crops, there's the God of, you know, whatever. There, there are loads of, of societies with loads of gods. But Israel was unique. They're saying, no, there's only one God. 
And what else does Genesis assert? Well, God is universal. He's a God of everyone. He's not tribal. It's not like, that's my God, that's your God. No, he's a God of everyone. And God isn't within nature, but it's creator. And it's interesting as we, in our society now, really focus on saving the world and environmentalism, that people put nature really high. I would say almost worship level. But remember, God created nature. The creator should be the one that's worshiped, right? Not the nature itself. So we're, we're seeing us, like as a nation, as a society, going back to that, I think. God is invisible. That's another assertion of Genesis. God's invisible. And so there's more than the physical world that exists. That's absolutely true. And something to keep in mind. And Genesis asserts that every person is valuable. Every person. Genesis says that God is the creator. He made the world out of nothing. Creatio ex nihilo. That's what the, the phrase is in Latin. Creating, created out of nothing. He's moral. There are things he likes and things he doesn't like. And he sets the standards of that. And he's beyond nature. Genesis says God's loving. And he's a God who wants to be in relationship with us. Wants to be in relationship with us. Wow. Now, why do we care about Genesis now? You're thinking, okay, th that's nice. You know, all of those things that you said, great. But what about, like, what difference does it make for me in my life? It makes all the difference. Because Genesis is setting the foundation for all we believe. You see, everyone has a worldview. Now, what's a worldview? A worldview is a way of seeing and comprehending all reality. Chuck Colson defined it like this. He said, Worldview is the sum total of our beliefs about the world, the big picture that directs our daily decisions and actions. So our world effect, our worldview affects everything. It affects how we process facts and information, how we think, what we do, how we vote, our social media choices. It affects how we spend our money, how we raise our family, how we treat our family, and how we treat others. Worldview impacts everything. Now, what's your worldview? Are you aware of it? From where did it form? If you want to figure out your worldview, you can ask yourself these three questions. This is from Chuck Colson again. So here's the first one. Where did we come from and who are we? What has gone wrong with the world? And what can we do to fix it? Those three questions. Let me read them again. Where did we come from and who are we? What has gone wrong with the world? And what can we do to fix it? Those three questions encapsulate the worldview that you have. However you answer those, that will, that will pretty much tell you what your worldview is. Now, I would submit to you that the best, most accurate worldview is based on the Christian worldview, which is the worldview we're going to have at this podcast here. And it's straight from the Bible. And guess which book of the Bible lays out the very foundations of what we believe to be true of reality? Can you guess? It's Genesis. Yes. So Genesis answers all the questions I just asked about worldview. And if we don't have a biblical worldview, the way we make sense of the world and how we order our lives is, is kind of skewed. It's, it's not accurate. And we won't find peace with God or ourselves until we line up with what the Lord says about us in this world. We really won't. I want to leave you with this quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, 
I see everything else. That's a worldview. And solidifying your worldview is one of many great reasons to study through Genesis together. So let's, let's do that. Let's read and study Genesis together so we know what we believe and why we believe it, so that our worldview is firmly rooted in the unchanging Word of God and in Jesus Christ. Let's travel through the book of firsts together. Hey, don't forget to click the like button and subscribe to our podcast and share with a friend. And if you have questions about Genesis that I haven't answered yet, feel free to email me at lovegodfirstpodcast at gmail.com. That's lovegodfirstpodcast at gmail.com.